Um, we are going to be starting a new series uh, this in this coming in this month of January, and it's going to be interesting because what we're doing. Um, there was a guy named Jeremiah Wright, a pastor. When I did my resi residence with HCPN, he also did his, and we both planted churches um, while we were already going, but he planted his shortly afterwards. And one of the things we talked about and decided to do this year was a pulpit swap while ministering on the same topics. So this morning at Seven Mile Road Church uh, over in the Montrose area, I want to say they are in St. Thomas, They'll be talking about the same topics that we'll be talking about the same message that we're talking about. And then next Sunday, I'll be there and they're going to have somebody here. And then we're going to flip it again each Sunday of them. I'll be here on the 20th. Actually, on the 20th, Michael Sam is going to be ministering on one of the topics here. And then Jeremiah. Amen. Come on. y'all, Hey, let me tell you something, man. You need encouragement. You know, this stuff ain't it's not it's always as easy as it looks. <laughs> It needs, it takes encouragement. So I want everybody to be encouraging and, and to come ready to receive. And then on the 27th, Jeremiah is going to come here uh, and he'll be, he's the pastor, the lead pastor there. He'll be ministering here on the 27th and I'll be over at his church as well. So we are, uh, they're excited about the partnership as as am I. And they're going to be, we're looking at ways we could be more connected. So this was an idea that we thought of. So I'm asking that we be encouraging to the young men that they sent over and as we walk this together. Amen. But the subject series is actually going to be on friendship. And we're going to talk about what friendship is and what it looks like and some aspects of it from a biblical context. And one of the topics today that we want to start with is the theme of quality over quantity. Quality over quantity when it comes to establishing friendships. And I don't know about you, but I personally believe one of the biggest lies about friendship we see all the time. Many of us log into it all the time. And if you go on the Facebook, there's a little thing that tells you how many friends you got. Well, I got some bad news for some of y'all. Them, them ain't all your friends. I hate to be the one to break it to you. All them people, don't, they're not your friends. They're, hey, that, now, don't get me wrong. Hey, look, there are people we know we're connected to. But do they really know us? Do we really know them? You know, the, real, the truth of it is, if I were to keep it real, half of them on there just looking to, so they can have something to talk about. Just so they can have something to talk about you about. Other people just want to stalk you a little bit. Some of it is old friends we have from when we grew up that we don't see all the time. Some of it's family members. You know, and there's probably a, a little small percentage of people that we could really call friends. People that I know. People that know me, people that, that I've, I've got some regular communication with. You know, Proverbs 18, 24 says this, a man of too many friends comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You know, sometimes your, your circle can be too big. Your circle can be too big because the reality is there's not a whole lot. You can't get your, you can't be that connected to everybody. But the reality is for a lot of us is when we really think about it, there's a small circle of people whom I can really say, my friends, whom I can really say, no, they know me and I know them. And I know if I call on them and they know if they call on me, I'm there. You know, one of the things I love about my upcoming in, in, in the faith is the brothers, the group of brothers that I started off ministry with, and it's probably, uh, it probably has ruined me my entire walk, but we, we were so close, we were so tight, 
where, I mean, it didn't matter what it was, we there. I knew I could call on me. If I was stranded on 290 at 2 o'clock in the morning, and it was my own fault, I run out of gas. I knew I could pick one of them guys up and say, hey, dog, I'm struck out here on 290. Now, they might talk about me, and they might laugh at me, but they own the way. I'm saying, really, and the, and the truth of it is, and I heard, you know, I heard somebody else say this, too. Well, the truth of it is, we all desire what? That a close friendship. Somebody, man, a covenant relationship that I'm connected to, and we're connected, and, I'm, and they're connected to me. But it really eludes us a lot. You know, sometimes I heard a guy talk about on the, a lot of times you see on these beer commercials, especially during football games, they show the guys around, guys out camping, around the campfire, they're drinking beer, man, they in close conversation, hanging out, sharing their feelings with one another, laughing and talking, and the reality of it is, is, that's not what, that's not how, that's really not how. You know, most guys don't have a, they ain't sitting around, Man, catching up and talking about the good time. Talk. You don't see those very moments happening that often. Because a lot of us are really searching and striving for real quality in our relationships, in our friendships. And, the, and, and I want to talk today, I want to look at some passages about some characteristics we can look at and we should be looking for in that. But the reality is, before we start to look for those qualities in others, we got to start looking at the qualities in ourselves. Because what often happens is you end up bringing, a lot of times, what you got. You end up attracting what you are. You look around your circle sometimes, and a lot of times it's made up of people who are what? Very similar to you. And so then it asks the questions is, what qualities am I bringing to a friendship? And what am I looking for? And where do we go to look for these qualities? Well, if you have your Bibles with you, I'm going to ask that you would open up today to Psalms 101, if you would. Psalms 101, as we look to quality over quantity. Give you a minute to turn there. And we're going to read passages 1 through 8. Because the reality is, too, is this, you all. If, we, if, we're, going to, if we're going to surround ourselves with folks, if we're going to have real friendships, people we can count on, now, we got to have a standard, and we got to have a method by which we're looking to do that. And in Psalms 101, we have a psalm written by David, and, he is, and he's talking about, you know, he's talking about as king who he's going to surround himself with and what kind of standards he wants to have. And I thought it'd be good to look at some of these as we think about, man, who I want to surround myself with. If I'm going to have quality friendships, friendships that I know are about something of substance and have a covenant feel to them, well, how can I seek to establish that? And what, what kind of qualities can I look for that? I'm going to read passages 1 through 8. He says this, I will sing of loving kindness and justice to you, O Lord. I will sing praises. I will give heed to the blameless way when you come to me. I will walk within my house in the integrity of my heart. I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not fasten its grips on me. A perverse heart shall not depart from me. I will know no evil. I will know no evil. Whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, 
Him I will destroy. No one who has haughty has a haughty look or an arrogant heart will I endure. My eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land that they may dwell with me. He who walks in a blameless way is the one uh, is the one who will minister to me. He who practices deceit shall not dwell within my house. He who speaks falsehood shall not maintain his position before me. Every morning I will pray all the wicked of the land so as, so as to cut off from the city of the Lord all those who do iniquity. So David, in the first four passages, he sets an ideal for what he sets for his personal life what the standard is for my personal life. And then in verses 5 through 8, he sets a standard for his public interaction, like those who are going to be around me, what I'm going to expect of them. And I don't know about you, but too many times in my life, I have been hurt, wounded, and damaged by folks whom I thought were my friends, only to find out that wasn't the case at all. And I had allowed them to come close to me I had, I had even shared some of my innermost thoughts with them only to find out that they did not have the character or they were not at the place where they could handle that. And thus, maybe they took some personal information and, and shared it with others or maybe they wounded me after sharing. They knew I was vulnerable in this position and took advantage of me. But the question I would have to you is, when you really think about it, whose fault is that? Mine or theirs? If I didn't apply a standard by which I bring people close to me, then I should not be surprised when people do what they do. You know, my, my, my folks always say, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them the first time. When character is revealed and they show you, and let me just tell you this, if you met them, and this is one thing my mom always taught me, and this is so true. When somebody is around you, and they're talking about somebody else. What do you think when they're with somebody else and they're not around you? What do you think is going on? Who do you think they're talking about then? Come on now. See how easy this is? And listen, and the reality of it is, and this is where we're going to start today, y'all. We're going to quit saying what they do. We're going to start talking about what I do. So the real question is, when I'm around my friends, who am I talking about? And when I'm over here with this person, who am I talking about? Because, see, we, everybody can, is quick to say, put the standard on somebody else about what they doing, how they mistreated me, how they didn't treat me right, how I, I trusted them. And they, but we very rarely say, but what about the standard that applies to me? And you're going to find out very quickly, when you put this standard to yourself, it has a ripple effect on the folks that are around you. We're going to talk about that some more, but let me hit this. So David starts off by saying in, in, in verse 1, he talks about God's love and justice. He says these are characteristics he's going to make a part of his divine rule. But I would suggest that even in our friendships, Man, love and right got to be there. Love and justice, what is right, has to be a part of there. Has to be a part of, of any friendship. And you got to start with love. It starts with love for God and love for people. If I'm going to be a true friend to you, I got to be able to love you. And I got to be able to do right. 
with you and be right by and do right by you. And guess what? Sometimes doing right is not just saying, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Sometimes doing right means to say, you might be wrong. Because I love you, I'm willing to tell you, you might be wrong. See, if you got a come, if you got a friendship when it's always just, hey, I'm just co-signing on whatever you say. I'm always, I'm always a real friend is gonna be able to tell you at times, hey, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, bro. I don't know, man. You might be wrong on that one. I love you. But I gotta do it in love, and I gotta be able to, and I gotta be able to be do it in because that's I, I think that's part of what justice is. I never forget when I was in college, my best friend, I've told y'all some of this story, but you old members just relive it, laugh on it like you're just hearing it for the first time. But my college, my my best friend in college, we came, we both were from San Antonio. We went to high school together. We came to TSU. I hope Mrs. Hey, you look out for me. I'm going to look out for you, you know, because you know these Houston boys, they tripping me. We might have to, you know. Whatever. No, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> but you know, we were gonna stick out. We were gonna watch each other's back. Well, one day, he made a, a real crazy decision. He rode to San Antonio with a guy in our dorm because the guy had a car, and the guy told him, "Look, I gotta be back in Houston at a certain time. I need you to be ready because I can't wait." Well, my friend dilly dallying around, messing around, and missed the ride because the dude had to get back. And my friend, he was a fighter. Now, that's what he did. He, he, that's what he did. He boxed. He gets back to the dorm. He hot. He fires the guy who left him and, put, and proceeds to beat him to a pulp. I mean, when I came into the room to pull him off of this guy, the dude was in the corner. I had to grab him, hold him, and tell that guy, get out the room. And so the guy leaves. Of course, he goes to the campus police. And reports what happened. And the campus police immediately come and knock on whose door? Come to my door. Because I'm the chief witness. And guess what? And my and my major is criminal justice. <laughs> so here they are knocking at my door. And the first question they asked, man, did you see what happened and what happened? And I had to tell them, this is what happened, y'all. This is what happened, officer. This is the truth. Well, officer takes on a report and leaves. My friend comes, and I get another knock at the door. This time it's a lot louder. And it's my boy. And he proceeds to cuss me out. You, man, if you want my boy, I'll do this to you. I'll do that to you, man. You so-and-so. Why could you do this? How could you do that, man? And I'm looking at him. And I'm like, I saw, I did you bad? You put me in a position. You didn't even think about me. You ran off. Why didn't you stay here and talk to the police? And we lost our friendship at that moment. But I realized then we lost the friendship because I wouldn't lower my standards. Because I wouldn't put my career, my college career in jeopardy. A real friend would have said, listen, Dave, this is my action. This is what I did. I'm going to leave you out of it. I know you're a criminal justice man. I'm going to leave you out. I'm going to take care of this. And we lost the friendship that day, and it hurt me. But you know what I realized? We probably didn't have nothing to begin with. 
Because if truth can't be a part of a real relationship, let me just tell you something. You don't have nothing. If you can't be truthful, if you can't be honest, if I couldn't look at him and say, dog, you were wrong. You beat that man up for nothing. You were wrong. I'm your boy, but you were wrong. If you can't, if the relationship can't take that, let me just tell you something. You just kicking it. Because in due time, something is going to happen. And you're going to have to cross that bridge. You're going to have to cross that bridge. And you got to do it in love. But truth and justice got to be a part of any friendship. If you can't speak the truth, you, ain't, you don't have nothing. I think about, you know, my relationship with Kurt. One of the things I love, one of the things I appreciate, always love and appreciate about Kurt. He's going he to he speak the truth. And because he loves me, he might take his time getting around to it sometimes. We all know it's not easy, but I love the fact that he's going to tell me, Dave, we see it differently. And guess what? I, I, haven't always been, I haven't always been the friend that says, Kirk, I really appreciate you telling me. Hey, <laughs> Kirk, I know this is hard for you. I really, I really appreciate you telling me this truth. And, and now I'm going to walk out and I'm going to change, Kirk. <laughs> now that you said this to me. Hey. I'm going to confess it so he don't have to, Kirk, I'm going I'm to take that money so you don't have to get in this. I'm going to leave you out of this, Kirk. I haven't always done that. Sometimes I'm like, hey, man, who do you think you're talking to? Then <laughs> you know, I don't agree with that. You don't tell me that, you know. But that didn't stop him from being and coming and telling me. You know what I'm saying? So many times, man, it, a friend, relationship got to go through some stuff sometimes if it's going to be a real friendship. And so it's got to start with some truth, some love. And justice. So David says, love and justice. And listen, y'all, we can't do this without the love of God. Amen? He's got to be a part of this. So then David goes on to verse 2, and he says, I will give heed to the blameless way. When, you when, you, uh, when will you come to me? I will walk within my house in the, in the integrity of my heart. All he's saying is here, it's going to start in my house first, God. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna be a, if I'm gonna be a good friend, if I'm gonna be a good leader, he said I'm gonna start in the integrity of my own house first. If you're gonna be a good friend, you gotta start in the integrity of your own heart first. As the old folks say, you got to sweep around your front porch before you try to clean somebody else's house. Get the dust off your porch by taking an honest look in my own life and being real and say, what kind of friend am I? What, what am I? What kind of friend am I truly in? Do I do I am I do I walk in love? Do I walk in truth? Am I am I walking in integrity? Am I in, am I leading my friends in a path of integrity? Am I leading my friends in a way that's pleasing to the Lord? Am I there for them? Or when they reveal stuff to me, can I I can't wait to tell somebody else? When I see them going, when I see them blessed, am I really in my own heart bitter with jealousy? I know what you I know what's going on in your life. I know you don't deserve that. I know what you've been through. Am I really, really jealous? Or can I really be excited for them to say, man, man, God has blessed them. Man, they're doing well. They got promoted on the job. Maybe you might have wanted that promotion, but your friend got it. Can you still be like, but yeah, I'm glad for you, man. Or is there, and listen. We got to be real with ourselves, y'all. As I was looking through this, I'm looking at all kinds of areas like, yeah, I know that feeling. You know that feeling when you really wanted it for yourself? And even though your partner got it, 
You glad for your pocket, but there's a little part of you that's like, yeah. I'm gonna have to pray about this. <laughs> I'm gonna need to really, I'm gonna really have to pray about this. I never forget that when I was coming up, we were at a conference one time, man, and, and we were all struggling in ministry. And one of my good friends, he's a pastor in Atlanta, and this guy, I mean, we all struggling financially. We all living in apartments, trying to piece together ministry stuff. And this guy looked at him at a conference. He said, and God's about to bless you. Before the year is out, you're going to have a brand new house. And you're going to have money. You're going to have this. And I'm sitting like right where you're sitting. I'm like, <laughs> he ain't doing no more ministry. <laughs> <He's doing it." laughs> you know, deep in my heart now on the outside, I'm like, amen, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Bless God. Praise God. But deep inside, I'm like, oh, man, I'm like, I need to pray. Because <laughs> if we're real, yeah. I'm not saying these things will never happen in your heart, but I'm saying what you set your heart out to do. Because listen, we're going to read through this stuff, and these are all things that David set out in his heart to do. But if you know the story of David, it didn't all work out like that. But he says, But I am, I'm going, this is my goal. This is my mark. And when I miss the mark, then I know I go and pray and say, Lord, you got to, I need healing in my heart in this area. I'm not there yet. But he says, I got to start. If I'm going to be a good friend, if you're going to be a good friend, it's got to, you got to start with your own heart first. You got to be willing to do serious inventory and serious integrity. Search in your own heart and say, you know what? I want to start with me because that's, I want to be, I want to have a good friendship, but it's going to start with me. I want to bring the qualities to make that happen. So David starts with personal integrity. And for him in that day and age, that would have been different from the corrupt kings around him. The kings around him were like, listen, I'm king. It's about my front porch. I don't have no front porch. I'm the king. It don't matter how I live. You're my subject. You just make sure you stay in order. That would have been way different. It's way different for David to say, no, I'm putting this standard on myself. No other kings were doing that. And if we look around today, a lot of friends ain't doing that. He said, I'm going to put this integrity on myself first. You know, in, in verse 3, in, in verse 3, he says, I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. I shall not fasten its grips on me. A perverse heart shall depart from me. I will know no evil. Whoever, whoever secretly slanders his neighbor... Him I will destroy. No one who has a haughty look or an arrogant heart will I endure. David saying, listen, everybody who's around me, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not tolerating in, nothing below my standard. And I would ask you, when you look at around you as a friend, what's the standard? What's your standard? Do you allow any and everything? To be connected to you and to be right there with you? Or there's some things you say, look, I gotta cut that off. I gotta cut that off. Because I gotta stand it here when it comes to myself. Thus it rolls over to the people. And that's what David was saying. I'm gonna start with myself and then I'm gonna it's gonna spill out to who's around me. If you got haughty eyes, a perverse heart attitude, hey, you can't get in the inner circle here. Because that's not the standard. Now, hear me. I'm not saying I can't be around people like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to reach people like that. But we, we're not talking about who I'm around. We're talking about who's in my circle. 
See, we're talking about who I confide in, who I rely on, who who I'm in a covenant relationship. That's different than the people I'm around. I can be around anybody. You can cuss like a sailor, be as perverted, and you can come to the barbershop with me. It happens every time I go in there. And I'm just, they, I'm like, y'all can talk about whatever y'all want. It don't bother me. Ain't nothing you say I ain't heard before. I had no problem. But when you talk about, but David, who you confide in? David, who, who, who's in your circle? See, no, uh-uh. Because I need you to speak life. I need you to be where I'm at on this. And the problem for a lot of us is we've, we've lowered the standard for those around us. I'm telling you, if you work a job, I can't tell you how many jobs <laughs> I work, and, 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 and it never fails. Get on the job. Ultimately, the guys get together. You develop who you're going to be cool with, kind of to figure out, you know, wait, who's at the same phases of life. We get together. It's usually about three or four of us. We're talking. And inevitably, man, I'm about to get on these females tonight, bro. I'm going to check my traps tonight. <laughs> well, he got a ring on his finger just like I do. You know what I'm saying? Dave, what you doing, man? You want to come kick it with you? You going to come roll with your boy? What's up, man? What you doing? We're going to hit the strip club, and then we're going to, I'm like, Right, I'm looking at your ring, same as mine. <laughs> but the question is, am I gonna roll with this? Oh yeah, man. I mean, what time y'all going, man? I, I kick it with you. Or am ultimately, am I gonna say, or am I gonna set a standard here? And it's all. And let's say it's never comfortable, and it never, it never goes over perfectly. But you eventually, like I said, well, now, nah, man, I'm trying to stay faithful to mine, guys. <laughs> I'm trying to stay faithful to man, man. I I I, I love her, man. Oh man, hey, you got one of them. One of them. We got one of those, man. You better come with all of that, man. Oh, come on, Dave. Yeah, why are you judging us, man? Hey, man, I'm not judging nobody. I'm just telling you what I'm trying to do. And then guess what? The next time that conversation happens, miraculously, I'm not in. You know what I'm saying? Not, but you know what does happen? Eventually, the conversation comes. Man, Dave, man, I need I need to talk to someone. <laughs> Can I talk to you, man? And sometimes you can develop a friend because you had a standard. But sometimes, let me tell you something. But the pressure is real. Because who wants to be on the job by themselves? Who wants to be excluded from the group? Who wants to be at school? Who wants to be excluded from the cool table? Can I tell you something? Do you know the cool table goes follows you all throughout life? From school to the job and every area of my life? There's a group of guys, I'm sure. Kirk, you a CEO of a, 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 a president of an organization? They have a, don't they have a clique? It's always a cool table. You know what I'm saying? Whether you, hey, look, I'm a pastor. I go to, I go to, trust me, there's a group of pastors. That's, 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 that's hot. And then there's the rest of us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We, we sit and eat out. <laughs> we get our food. We get the little pizza square. Sit down and eat ours. And the cool passes with thousands of people and big budgets. You know, they, they, they have a little table they sit at. I mean, I, I'm not knocking. I'm just saying it, it, it's funny how it works out all through life. And it's funny if you start out in life at school doing whatever it takes to be accepted into the cool table. Guess what? It'll follow you through the rest of your life. And when you get on your first job, you're going to do what's acceptable to be in that cool clip. And then when you move up on a job, you'll do whatever needs. And we never take the time to consider, well, what is God standing here and what is God saying? 
And as we look at it in terms of friendship, we, we, and we, we do these things at, at school and at jobs, and we think we got friends. Only to find out when the stuff hits the fan, it's not really what we got. My question is, when you go back and look at the standard that you applied to it, were you even wise for thinking you had a friend? When none of these, when none of these standards were there, there was no truth. There was no justice. There was no standard of man. Man, we're gonna do. We're gonna. We're gonna live right here. I'm gonna stick to the standards of God and not standards to the job. Tony Evans always tells a wonderful story about how he came on a job when he was in seminary and how he was working the night shift. And if you ever had a job like this, you know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all might need to repent. He said he came on the job and the night crew had a standard where. When nobody was on, when nobody was on duty, so you could, when it was your break time, you could clock out. I mean, they would clock you back in when your break was over, but you could keep on sleeping. And the guys would cover your work, and then you did that for everybody. Everybody did that for one another. So that way, we we got extra hours. Well, Tony Evans gets on the job, and they tell him, "Hey, man, this is the pro, this is the deal. This is how we run it." And he like, "I can't do that because that's stealing." And then like, you don't understand. No, we all do this. This is how it, well, I don't know if you've been on a job like this. Like, no, it's already set, bro. The code's already. We got everything straight. We just need you to don't mess it up. Just go along with what we got. He said, I can't do that. And so what they did was they're like, okay, you don't want to be down with the program. So when the buses rolled in, they all would disappear. So he'd have to unload the buses by itself. You don't want to be down with the program. We're gonna punish you. But you know what ended up happening is, unbeknownst to them. The managers, uh, the, the top managers have been coming around secretly at night observing. One day they called Tony Evans into the office and say, listen, we've been watching and we know about this scheme. We know that these guys are doing this. But we've also observed that you haven't been doing it. So what we want to do is make you the supervisor of the next shift. <laughs> now I'm sure that didn't gain him any more friends. <laughs> But, but, but what it shows is, it's if you maintain a standard, That's right. man, God will take care of you. That's right. And let me tell you something, even in terms of friendship, you may think, man, I'm sure Tony Evans felt like at the time, man, I ain't mean to, I ain't wasn't trying to make everybody mad on the job. I really just wanted to get along. I just wanted to have my, stick to God's standard. But it made me have to do it alone. God will, God, trust me, God will reward you, not just on the job, but he will bring you the friendships that you so desire. But we can't, we can't lower this standard. We can't say, oh, well, I'm a, I want to get along. I want to be with everybody. So, God, I know this is what the standard is, but I'm going I'm to fudge it here a little bit. And I'm going to tell you something, the temptation is strong for that. It's strong for that. Especially if you're a teenager. Especially if you're a young person. But God says, if you want friendships that you can count on, if you want friendships that are quality, not just not just not just be able to say I got a thousand friends on Facebook, but no, I got some brothers and sisters I can call on. Like when I call and tell them I need prayer, I know they gonna pray. They gonna really really pray. They're not just gonna say, oh, okay, I'm, I'll remember you. No, they gonna like, no, that's my boy, man. He going through it. I got, I got to pray for him. I remember him. That's my girl. Yeah, I know her. I, I, I don't want to see her going through this. I'm going I'm to make sure I take the time to pray for her. If we want that, we got to bring a standard to ourselves 
and a standard to those around us. And sometimes it may mean your circle gets small. But that's why Proverbs says a man of too many friends can come to ruin. Sometimes it's best to have a small circle because that's who you can really count on. Verse 7 says, he who practices deceit shall not dwell within my house. He who speaks falsehood shall not maintain his position before me. Let me get ready to wrap up here. But, you know, one of the biggest mistakes I think we, a lot of, all of us have made in this room, and I know I have, when somebody has come to me as a friend talking about somebody else, And far too many times, I didn't stop him in their tracks. Stop, stop, stop. This is not the way we're going to do this. This is not the way this should be handled for you. If there's a problem, let's go to that person. Let's go to that person. First, you should go to that person. And if you can't go to that person, then I'll, we can go to that person together. But far too many times, when I should have said stop, 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 stop. My ears got the tingle. I wanted to hear more. I wanted to hear more. And David says in that passage, I'm cutting them people off. Now, in his day and age, when he say he's going to cut you off, he don't really cut you off. <clears throat> they, might, they might offer, they might, I mean, like dispose of you for real. Like you cut, when he's saying that, let me read that, let me read that clearly. When he says, in verse 6, my eyes. My eyes shall not be my eyes shall be upon the faithful of the Lord that they may dwell with me. He who walks in a blameless way is one who will minister to me. He who practices deceit, deceit shall not dwell within my house. He who speaks falsehood shall not maintain his position before me. Man, when he get rid of you, he might really get rid of you. I'm talking about just removing people from your circle. But I'm saying we got to bring those kind of standards to friendship. And we got to start with us, and I got to be honest about myself. Sometimes I haven't always been the right friend. I haven't always been the, the best friend. And sometimes I need to go back and apologize and say, hey, I need to ask for your forgiveness, man. I, 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 didn't, I didn't handle this right between us. But when I do that, I got to raise the standard around me and say, okay, if you bring it to me, I'm going I'm to I'm handle you in love and injustice. But if you're wrong, I'm going to say, hey, stop, man. Stop, stop, stop. Let's go and talk to that person. Let's not, let's not bring that here. Let's not do that like this. And see, when we do that, it raises the bar for us all in the friendship. Because the next time I don't do that, or the next time they, when I go to them and say, man, Mike, man, let me tell you about Kirk, man. Let me tell you what he did. See, if I've already stopped you once when you came to me, you just gonna sit here and let me, if I held you to a standard, you just gonna let me lower the standard? Mike gonna be like, oh, oh David, hold on. You remember a while back? When I came to you? And you and you but I've been waiting all this time just to get you. <laughs> Hopefully he knows. I've been waiting all this time just to just to say, stop. <laughs> but see, when you raise a start, when you raise a standard amongst your friendship, it raises the standard with you. And see, I gotta live by what I'm asking others to do, right? Which is one of the reasons a lot of times why we don't do it. Because mm -hmm. I don't want to be held to a standard. But then we wonder why we don't have a real friend. 
All I'm trying to say today is, if we want to be like David, he was saying here, David was coming into a kingdom, and he was like, Lord, I want to do this in a way that pleases you. I want to do this right. And he set out a map by which to do that. He says, I'm going to have love and justice be a part of it. I'm going to start with my own heart first, and then everybody around me, man, I've got those that are going to be close to me, I want them to have the same standard that I have. And if they don't have the same standard, they got to go. But if I'm gonna have a close, if I'm gonna have real authentic friendships, this is what this is the way it's gotta be. And all I'm saying to us this morning is, all of us, I know all of us desire that, and all of us have felt the sting and the pain of failed friendships. Let me read this last passage to you. Proverbs six sixteen through nineteen says this: There are six things which the Lord hates. Yes, seven which are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, that's the look when you're better than everybody else. Yeah, these people ain't. Bring me some more Perrier, please. I don't even know why I'm sitting at the table with these people, drinking tap water. Come on. Uh, wait, you know, that kind of attitude. Haughty eyes. I, nothing wrong with drinking Perrier water. I got a few bottles at the house. I'm just saying. It's the attitude. A lying tongue. And hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that run rapidly to evil. You ever see when, when, when fights break out at school and places, everybody's running to it with their phones out. So they can post it. That's feet that run to evil. Instead of somebody saying, hey man, y'all stop this. Yo, man, no, hey, 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 quit that. No, this ain't right. No, no, hey, y'all get it. Let's get it on Facebook so we can, let's get so we can post it. Get a good angle. That's feet that run the evil. And you see it all the time in this neighborhood. Grown folks the same, do the same thing. A false witness that utters lies. And one who spreads strife among brothers. People who love to go within them. Man, yeah, you know they went so and so. Man, you can't trust them. Between folks who ought to be close together. Seven things that God... And, and, and those are definitely things, man, we should not want to be a part of in our friendship. I shouldn't be doing that, and I can't honor, I can't have that in my friendships, those who do that. I'm saying a standard's got to come up in this, y'all, so that we raise the standard of what we, because what we want is what we got to give, is what it really boils down to. So as we go into 2019, man, as we talk about, we're going to be looking at all kind of different things when it comes to this thing about friendship. But if we really want quality over quantity, I think we can learn from what David says in the Psalms here. Apply it to our own life first. And then apply it to those around us. So that we not so we're not just blown up on Facebook for friends. But that we can actually say, no, I got some real friends. Because I've walked it out with them. And we, we walk in the same thing. Let me pray for us this morning. Father I thank you this morning today, Lord. And Father, I ask that you would help us as we seek to walk in full integrity in this, dear Lord. There's not a hand in this room that can say we've been the best friend at all times. All of us have missed the mark and we have failed. And Father, we probably will again in the future. But Father, what we do want is to be like David to say, but we got a heart that wants to do right. We got a heart that wants to honor you in our friendships. 
and that we don't separate you from the, the people that we walk closely with. But we want to bring a godly standard to our own lives and a godly standard to our friendships, dear Lord. So that we can be an example, so we can really truly experience what it means to walk in real fellowship. Where you say there's nothing like the unity of brothers. Where when people walk together within you, we can experience a real, real covenant relationship that is a blessing to us all. So, Father, I pray you would help us to do this and that you would give us the strength that we need. And so, Father, I pray you govern and guide us and help us to do that. As we bless your name, dear Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.